Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 69. This week we're talking about travelling with electronics. So we're in Hastings this week, and our last week here is ahead of us. This so is, exciting! This is the longest we've been in one place since December 2006, where we spent three months in St Albans, also in London, uh, just north of London. Yeah. Uh, we spent about four weeks in the Isle of Wight earlier this year, but apart from that, in the last year and a half, we haven't spent more than two weeks in one place. Yeah, our record for 2007 was 13 days in one bed, and that was, well, not 13 days in the bed, but 13 days... Craig spent most of his time in the bed. Yeah, well, 13 days in Borsa in Turkey, and uh, apart from that, we've been, um, we've been shifting and changing so often. It's been good. Yeah, very good. Well, last weekend we were in London. We managed to hitch a ride up with um, with our company, and it was really great. We, we went on the London Eye, which, while being interesting, really, really, really isn't worth £25. £25, I mean, for two of us, that's 125 New Zealand dollars, which is a lot of money. And, it, I mean, really, it gives you a good view, but it's just a glorified Ferris wheel. Yeah. We did have a good time walking along the South Bank and um, up into Tower Bridge. We met up with some friends uh, from New Zealand. So yeah, that was cool. It's always nice being in London. There's so many Kiwis there. We can always find a friend. Yeah, and then the next night, two of our really good friends came down and met us in Hastings and spent the night with us, which was really good, though we were amazed to see how huge their suitcases were. Yeah. They were enormous. It was impressive. If you want to hear more of us talking, you know you can subscribe to the Indie Travel Podcast on our site, IndieTravelPodcast.com, or by looking for us in iTunes. If you search for Indie Travel, you'll pick us up. While you're there, please consider leaving a review because it's a great way for people to find us and uh, help us keep growing our audience. Feel free to get in touch also, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com or while you're at the site, using the contact form. Yeah, it's always good to hear from people. When you're on the site as well, check out the articles. We've got some really great articles at the moment. The latest one's by Dave Prime. Yeah, love on the rails. Yeah. So glamorous. Yeah, we won't tell you too much, but he had an illicit love affair. Indeed. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's had an illicit love affair, but someone who has got in touch is Kevin Monaghan. He emailed us and said, um, I've been a subscriber of your podcast on, on iTunes for a very long time, and it has been invaluable in the research for my upcoming gap year experience starting October 1st. So exciting. I have one small issue that I hope you could help me out on. Do you have a worldwide power adapter that you could recommend for me? I'll be using it to charge my iPod and my new Canon G9 camera, but need to get a decent power adapter because I'm going to Central and South America and Southeast Asia. Hey Kevin, it's good to hear from you. And uh, it's a question that we've been getting quite a bit as lots of our listeners are heading out into different countries. Remember, if you're booking hostels, insurance or getting gear, please come by IndieTravelPodcast.com and have a look through our affiliate links. It's especially easy to book hostels from the sidebar of any page, so while you're traveling, do drop by the site. So what do we use as a power adapter? Well, we use the Swiss Travel MPC-N1 World Power Adapter and USB Charger. Well, except our one doesn't have a USB charger, but we are going to get one that does. Indeed. Now, this power adapter comes under heaps of different brand names. I've seen the exact same product by Swiss Travel, by Fuji, and by several other companies. So the brand name isn't that helpful. But we do have a picture on site, and if you've got the enhanced version of the show, you can see a picture of it on screen now. 
We found our one in Switzerland when we were traveling around and it was really useful because you can plug in um, appliances from almost any country and you can plug it in in almost any country. I think it, it's over 150 countries worldwide. Yeah, that's what they advertise. It's basically got the American-style power plug. It's got the British-style plug. It's got the Euro-style plug. It's got the European-style and also the Australasian-style plug. Yeah. So it does well in almost anywhere. Yeah, what it does is it's got one flat side where the plugs go in and then you can push out the prongs on the other side. So it's got four different prongs that you can use to plug into into the wall. Yeah, it, um, you can also get a USB adapter that plugs on the end of it. And this means you can charge your phone, iPod, PDA, anything that'll plug into a USB um, drive on a computer. You can plug in and charge using that. Yeah, our one doesn't have that one because we were too cheap when we were buying it. And we also had a different USB adapter. But uh, unfortunately, the USB adapter that we had has bitten the dust. So when we go out to buy our new power adapter, we are going to get one with the USB charger. And we'll let you know how that goes. The reason that I like this instead of some of the other styles of power adapter is that because we're traveling to multiple countries, we really need every type of power charger. We've bought stuff oh, in yeah. New Zealand, in Europe, and in Britain. So, we've so got, our appliances have all different plugs on them. Yeah, we've got three different types of things to plug in. And then we're often, at the moment, jumping between Britain and the European continent. So we need to be able to plug in things both times. Some power adapters you can get are kind of like little bricks with lots of different attachments. And you can plug different attachments into the bricks depending on what country you're in. I would find this really finicky and annoying. So I put up with the, the extra weight and a little bit of extra size of our USB, sorry, of our power adapter and um, have it for the convenience factor. So that's what I'd recommend. Yeah, we had two of them, but we managed to lose one in Paris. Yeah. We've been terrible at losing things. And this one that we've got at the moment, they're, they're plastic, so they're quite sturdy, but we've managed to bend one side of it. Yeah, I um, dropped a bed onto it. so That, that would do it. Yeah. <laughs> that broke it. Be aware that they don't stand up to having beds dropped on them. One disadvantage is that there's no earth for the Australasian plugs. Yeah. So if you've from Australia or New Zealand and you've got a three-prong plug, um, that bottom prong, the earth, it won't isn't, go in. isn't going to fit in. There's nothing you can do about it. So that's quite a big disadvantage. One thing that we did do when we first started traveling was we traveled with a three-plug adapter. So you could plug three appliances in and then plug that into your power adapter. And that meant, because we had lots of New Zealand appliances, that we could charge three things at once. And quite often those ones don't have an earth uh, prong, so you could plug that straight into your adapter. So that might be a good um, solution. Yeah, that was good when we first started off traveling. We were going to Malta for three to six months. And because we were stable, the extra weight didn't really matter too much. Although we promptly bought an iron in Malta and they used the, uh, the British system. So there we were already with a different, <laughs> yeah. a different type of plug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know, bringing a power board's a great idea if you're electronics heavy and if you need to, to put in lots of things at once. But the extra weight of it just doesn't really justify itself to me anymore. Yeah, well, that's something else we want to talk about is cutting down on electronics. I mean, we have far too many electronics ourselves and we've been trying to cut down on them, but we suck. 
We totally oh. suck at cutting down on them. Linda chunk. keeps trying to cut down on them, and I keep trying to buy more. Oh, so <laughs> frustrating. So, if you're going to go traveling, think about what electronics you need and what do you need them for. And think four or five times about whether you really, really need them, because they are perhaps the most heavy things that you're going to be carrying with you. Yeah, we are naughty. We've got a laptop, the microphone, a camera, two iPods, a spare hard drive. A cell phone. A cell phone. Cell phones come and go. We seem to lose them every couple of months. We had an iron, but we've given up on that. Yeah, that, that was a good thing to lose. And dozens and dozens of adapters, plugs, and cables that we need to get them all talking to each other. Yep. So just losing one piece of electronics can save you heaps of weights when you think about the cables and stuff. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if we could get rid of one thing, we could get rid of the power cable that went with it and the adapter to plug whatever it is into the computer and the power adapter that we may or may not need to to get it jammed into something. Our only problem is I can't figure out what to lose. Yeah, that is a problem. But maybe you can lose something, even if we can't. If you're setting up, think about buying stuff that uses the same connections, like mini USB or SD cards, which are common ways of plugging things in. We have a little um, SD card, what's it called? Drive, an SD card drive, which is maybe a much better way of getting your photos off your off your camera than using the cable, because the cables take up a lot of space. Yeah, that's right. And this works just like a USB key, like a, a mini USB stick that you might have, mm-hmm. only it takes our SD cards. So we can use it to transfer things from our camera or from our microphone onto a computer. And we can also use it to save files and photos and transfer data around the place. Yeah, it's really Which is useful. really good. As an aside, one thing that we've done is made scans of the uh, our passport pages and identity cards. And we keep a scanned copy on our SD card. So that's something that, that might be useful as extra identity backup. Yeah, it's a good idea. So one thing to ask, if you're thinking about traveling with a laptop, is why? Yeah, why? why? Do you really, really need it? Most people don't. Yeah, we, we're trying to, um, to do more freelance writing. We're running this site and studying a couple more. So we're very heavy computer users. And because there's two of us, it kind of evens out. Yeah, that's right. But do you really need a laptop? Are you using it to keep up with people at home and if so can an hour in an internet cafe do that for you yeah maybe a pda or a smartphone could could replace it when we first traveled we had pdas two pdas and the laptop which wasn't necessary Mm. in hindsight and the folding bluetooth keyboard. yeah but that was useful i mean we could have done with just the bluetooth keyboard and one of the pdas that would have done almost as well as the laptop if we're traveling individually yeah as just as we've kind of developed our online presence, as we've started podcasting, as we've started doing website development and more freelance writing, mm. that the laptops really come into its own. Yeah, but if you're just going to be checking your emails, then really don't take a laptop. It's extra security and so heavy. Yeah, it's one more thing to carry and one more thing to worry about losing. Exactly. So can a PDA or a smartphone replace it, or do you need that kind of connectivity at all? Another thing you can think of is lightening up the equipment you do have by buying specialised travel adapters. Yeah, you can get lightweight travel chargers for your phones, for example, so that might be worth looking into. 
Well, before we finish off today, we want to play a little clip for you from Picio. This is a photo sharing website, and they've teamed up with Lonely Planet to give people the chance to get featured as the title photo on Lonely Planet's upcoming travel guides. Which is really quite exciting. Yeah, so if you're after exposure, if you're wanting uh, to launch your photo career... Or even if you've just taken some really good photos. <laughs> yeah, if you just want some bragging rights, I really recommend you get into this. And if anyone's been using Picio as a photo sharing site, then we'd love to hear your ideas. So drop by a comment and either tell us what you are using or... Tell us your experiences with Picao. Picao is a new photo sharing website that was launched in beta last year. We wanted to create a community where travelers and others could easily share their photos with friends, family and each other. So we developed a number of unique features including something we call geotagging. This is really handy for travelers as it lets them plot their destinations and create a visual map of all the places they visited. They can also upload their shots direct to Picio accounts from their mobile phones. And we've noticed actually a lot of people doing this as part of our Lonely Planet photo competition. Picio and Lonely Planet have teamed up to give travelers a chance to show their photos to the world. We are looking for the most unique and inspiring shots of Paris, London, Barcelona and Istanbul and one photo of each will be chosen and published on the cover of Lonely Planet's Encounters Guide to that city. The four winners will also get a free trip with Intrepid Travel to either India, Morocco, Russia or Tanzania. To enter, just visit www.pikeo.com that's www.pikeo.com upload your shots and follow the instructions. From all of us at Picio, good luck. Well, thanks for that from Picio. Um, good luck. Make sure you enter in your, your photos because it would be really great if someone wins. And if you do win, let us know so we can brag about it for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of our listeners, and in fact one of our writers, Sherry Ott, is uh, quite a good photographer. It's been coming on amazingly. And she sells a book of her photos on her site, ottsworld.com. Now, the site's just been redesigned and it is beginning to look good so good stuff sherry and if you're interested in having a look at another blogger's world otsworld.com will uh will do you good so sherry's written some really good articles for us if you're thinking about doing some writing you could write for us that would be great it's a good way to share your travel tips and gain some exposure so think about it and get in touch if you're keen yeah someone who's been writing about us is travelblogs.com and uh, we got featured there this week, so that's great. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, thanks, people, for spreading the word. And thanks to everyone who listens and sends in emails to the Indie Travel Podcast. It's, it's what makes this thing fun. Well, I think that's about it from us this week. So until next week, travel well. <laughs>